The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. A very good evening. Welcome along to another edition of the DL Debate. No Brandon Deveni in situ tonight. He's currently on holidays, but uh, before he headed away, he did speak to Kieran Cunningham, the Donegal man, who is the chief sports writer with the star about uh, league and championships. So we'll be hearing that piece later on in the programme. But uh, first up, we're going to recap the weekend action and have some reaction pieces from what was a mixed weekend for Donegal teams. The Donegal senior ladies lost out in that league final yesterday. Donegal under-20s bowed out of the Ulster Championship at the uh, the semi-final stage to Tyrone last Friday night. But there was some joy uh, for the county on the hurling front as Mickey McCann's side won their opening match in the Nicky Rackard competition. And it's with that uh, Division 1 League ladies final that uh, we begin the programme with. Uh, the Donegal side are now set to turn their attention to the Ulster Senior Championship in May after their loss on Sunday at the hands of Meath. It finished 2-8 to 1-9 to the All-Ireland Champions with Nevo Sullivan's goal proving to be the game's vital score in the second half. Uh, Donegal captain Neve McLaughlin was named player of the match. He did, of course, score Donegal's goal from the penalty spot. Coming up, we'll have Maureen O'Donnell in conversation with Neve. Uh, but first of all, let's hear from the Donegal boss, Maxie Kern, following that defeat. So, Maxie, defeat in the Division 1 league final today. Um, Donegal coming very, very close. How, how do you assess that game today? Yeah, well, look, it's probably hard to assess it at this point. You know, um, obviously, when you when you lose, you'd you, you be quite forensic and, and, and looking for the places that you lost the game. Um, I think... Uh, Look, we I think so. Is the way to another double digits, you know, that never helps. And I think ultimately that number of turnovers and unforced errors is probably something that that's tripped us up again. It's probably something that's you know been a, a factor of our play a lot over the last couple of years. Um, so I think they're the two biggest areas. But look, it's very difficult to play against that. That me said it as well. Fifteen behind the ball, they're extremely well organised, and you know they're very slick at it. And they break with serious pace when they get it back. So you know you have to factor in the quality of the opposition as well. But yeah, look, overall we're very disappointed. It took us a while to get going, Max. It was the second quarter before you started to find your rhythm. Yeah, yeah. Look, and I think the 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 last ten minutes of the first half and the first ten minutes of the second half, I think we're definitely the better team. And you know that's probably the period where we probably you know we should have, we should have made hay and even could have pulled away. I think you know we had a couple of goal chances there when we were a point up and could have put a score up. And I think that would have made things very interesting because Meath would have had to come out and play them. Um, but look, it wasn't to be. And you know, as I say, credit to me, they defended you know heroically towards the end. Even that last shot of Evelyn's, you know, there was. You know, claims were a foot block, but you know, the Meath defender done really well even to get there. So, listen, they're experienced outfit and then one into a good habit, and they definitely have that habit, yeah. and that's something that we need to acquire. Yeah, did they probably occasion play its part at the start, though? It took Donegal that, that we while to get going? Ah, look, I think the Meath setup, I think, was, was mm. a big part of it. You know, 15 bend the ball is really, really difficult, and then, you know, it's a, it's a real game of chess. Then, do you, you know, do you throw everybody forward to try and break it down and then leave, leave the door open at the back? And I think that's kind of what happened on the goal, the first goal. The, you know, we, we decided to press the kick out, and she got one out way over the top, and you know that ended up in the yeah. goal. So you're in a doomed if you do, and doomed if you don't. So it's a, it's a, it's it's just tricky to try and factor it all in. But look, I think that you know the occasion was something that uh, that our girls definitely will be the better for. But um, I think uh, you know we 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 learn plenty from it. Yes. But I also think that it'll you know it'll hurt them. It will because it's, it's, there's a feeling that it's, it's the one that got away because you were so close, Max, and it's a game that was very much the melting pot moment you could have won. Yeah, look, and you can tell the amount of ways we had and, and things like that. And look, but that's not pointing the finger at the forwards. Yeah. You know, it, was a, it was a collective effort and uh, you know, it was a great shift by everybody. And I think you know, they come out of it with their heads held very high, but you know, there definitely are things to work on that we need to improve. Yeah, but is there still in, in, in good feet that she's heading out towards the championship, Max? Uh, it was a good performance today and that's something that you wanted when you came to Croke Park. You didn't get the result. But it all bodes well now heading to the championship. Yeah, look, probably a good forty-five minutes anyway. We're about the first fifteen, um, and look, we have we have things to work on. You know, we're, we're, we are finding our feet, and you know, we're just a couple of new players as well over the last couple of weeks, and, and that will help us you know, develop a stronger squad. And you know, we think we can look forward to the championship yeah. with, a, with a lot of optimism. We spoke about it in our preview, and both players came on today. Eve Haggerty and Tanya Kennedy, which is a, a big bonus for you to head the championship, Maxa. 
Yeah, and I think Amy Boycar started her first game of the season today as well. I think she was magnificent. I thought she did a brilliant job on, on Vicky Wall. She, you know, she curtailed her in a really quiet and effective way. And um, you know, she's also a very exciting player for Donegal. And look, everybody knows we need Vicky and, and Tanya's going to take a while to, to get to get her feet and get back into it. But look, I think those kind of players will make us a better squad come Saturday. And uh, your captain could play her the match as well, Neve. Yeah, look, you know, she's she's a really um, she's a really warrior, Neve. You know, she puts her heart and soul into it, and you know, fights to the nail for everything and um, you know she'll be hurting today as well getting beat but look it's, it's a, a small measure of the of a reward for her that you know she'll be I'm sure she's not get too tired of it. Yeah. Yeah. Just finally I know we spoke about it in our preview as well about having the experience of Croke Park. Uh, you, you got the monkey off the back by beating Dublin and it was about getting some game time at Croke Park with championship to come. That will stand them down the line, will it, Max? You uh, hope to be back here again on, on, on a big championship I, day? You would, I, and look, and I just think any, I said it during the week, and any day you play big games, you know, with a wee bit of stress attached to it, at it improves your experience banking. You know, I think we'd be the better for the whole occasion today, you know, and hopefully it'll come out with a wee bit more hunger the next day as well, and you no know, motivation to, 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 to rectify, you know, as you see one that potentially got away. Yeah, well, thanks for talking to us, hard luck today, Max. Thanks, Alex. Me setting up for the kick out here, you can see the Donegal are pressing very high up the field, even the Cole McLaughlin's up and, and the attacking 45. Yeah, and if you press too high, you could mm-hmm. get caught in the back yeah. line, and here comes Vicky Wall charging forward from eight, stepping onto the 20, settles herself. Here comes Nesbitt running off the shoulder. Nesbitt goes for goal, it's in the back of the net, and Donegal are pushed so high that the kick out went over everybody, picked up by Wall. Wall charged forward. It's Wall and Nesbitt who are doing the damage, and it was Nesbitt that now puts the All Ireland champions. Six up. Sneeve McLaughlin at the end of this Neve, now. Sneeve McLaughlin is going to take this penalty. It's McLaughlin against McGurk. Donegal looking to stick the ball in the net. She goes high to the uh, left and it's into the back of the net. And Neve McLaughlin's got her first score of the league campaign. And it's a big score because it's come in the league final. As we hit three and a half minutes to go to the break, Donegal over just the deficit to three. Meath looking dangerous, looking for another score. Space opened up on the edge of the D. Kicked in low. Here's a chance of a possible goal. There's a tug in the jersey. The ball's in the back of the net. And Meath have got a huge score. And it seems to be Neve O'Sullivan. That is number 15 on her back. As the ball went in, dropped into the top right corner. And just as Donegal were going very well in this game, they've conceded a goal more in it, Donald. It's a very well taken goal. I'm just watching the replay back here on the TV. But Neve O'Sullivan sneaked in behind the fence. Didn't think they'd seen her at all. As you got inside, there were two defenders. She was like, you know, she had two to beat and the keeper. She did really, really well. And I mean, like, you'd, you'd put your money in any of the Meath's forwards for scoring as well. Eve McLaughlin, uh, commiserations and congratulations picking up the player of the, the match award there. But of course, Donegal unsuccessful uh, in the Division 1 final here today. But um, uh, sum up how you're feeling at the minute. Very disappointed. Um, look, those individual awards don't mean too much, to be honest. Um, look, we, we came here to put in performance and hopefully come away with a trophy. That's not how it worked out. Um, Look, we'll regroup, we'll go back um, and we'll, we'll prep for championship in a few weeks. We had a good few weeks of training there and we just had a competitive match at the end of that training block. So, look, we'll, a few, few positives, and sorry, a lot of positives, but you know, a few things that we can still um, work on now in the next few weeks. Yeah, listen, the game was very much there for the taking, you know. I know there were, you were one, one, Meath were one, two up at one stage. I mean, Meath were seven points ahead at one stage and it looked like Donegal were down and out and come back then, going in at half time, only one point down. I suppose at that stage you thought the game was very much in your grips? Aye, look, I think probably very um, deceiving was how strong the wind we were playing against there in the first half. Um, we sort of bided our time. Look, we, we were a bit frantic going forward, I thought, but we, we soon settled into it just before half time. And then we came out again, kind of all guns blazing at the start of the second half. But look, me through that used to you know doing what they do, and they're very experienced, especially here in Crow Park on the big day. So look, you can't really take that away from them. And we've, we've fallen short just um, as we have done in the last few years. So. Yeah, listen, you talked about Meath's experience. I know you're very experienced out with yourselves uh, in terms of some of the experienced heads that you've been there. But like, how did it feel going into the game? Was there big preparations going on? You're going in against the All-Ireland champions. How did that feel and how did you prep yourself for the game? Hey, look, the last few, few weeks um, after the semi-final, we hadn't, you know, our plan was to have a big, a big three weeks of training. And as I said, you know, the only difference at the end of the three-week training block was that we have a, a competitive game to play for. And look, that's nearly better. You have something to play for. You have something competitive. You want to play against the best teams. And, you know, credit to me, they've been the best team this last year, 12 months or so. Um, so we were under no illusion of the challenge we were going to be under. And 
Yeah, just and he's pulled her the, the bag again. So five, maybe five wides in the first half, and then the same again in the second half. Maybe that could have been, you know, a contributing factor. You know, maybe not getting over the line today. I know you'll go back and look at it, but uh, probably need to be a bit more clinical going forward. You know. Yeah, definitely. Look, shots are there to be taken, and wides happen. Look, I, you know, people kick the ball away, myself included, going forward. So that's, you know, that's just as. Um, you know, that's tough as, as a wide is as well. So look, we, we all have to take responsibility for that. And look, the, the gears are there to shoot. And, you know, on their day, they go over the bar. And just look, we were a wee bit unfortunate with that. But we had a few great scores out there as well. And yeah, look, we'll just regroup and see how we go. Yeah, a lot of great passages of play from the Donegal girls. And, you know, we'll try and put a positive spin on this. You were up against the All-Ireland champions, you know, and you come off with a two-point defeat. Not bad for a day out in Crow Park. I know you'd want to be going down the road with a cup. But, like, it's it's, it's huge. It, it instills a bit of confidence in you going forward now into the, the Ulster campaign first and then the All-Ireland campaign. Then. Yeah, yeah uh, look, we know within the group and ourselves what we have and the, the, the players that we have and, and what we can do. And we're not that bothered about what people outside of the group think about that, you know. And I know people are saying that we're, we can be inconsistent over time. But, look, we know on our day we can beat any team. And, look, you want to be playing against the best teams and that's the, that's the only way you're going to get better. So, look, we'll look forward to championship in a few weeks' time and we'll, we'll go from there. What now is next step for you? Look, we have a wee bit of time now just to refresh. We've had a big, you know, last few months with the league. Um, we've had a lot of hard training. We'll, we'll, we'll go away for a few days now um, and reset and we'll regroup at the, at the start of next week and then we'll, as I said, look forward to the championship. Yeah, and you're looking now to get back into the Ulster campaign, of course, and get your ba- hands back on the Ulster, Ulster title again. And very doable for Donegal as well. 100%. Look, we've, we felt we didn't perform last year in the Ulster final. Armagh did. That's the way it goes. But... Not we're, we're, we're out to win everything in our path now. We'll take it one game at a time and hopefully we can do that. Listen, they've a tough day, but hey, listen, a lot of positives going forward and the best of luck now with the Ulster campaign and we'll be chatting again soon. Thanks very much. That's a package from uh, Donegal's defeat in that Division 1 uh, league final yesterday at the hands of Meath. Donegal's search for a first senior title continues. Uh, that's the league now done. Back in action and the Maybank holiday weekend in the Ulster Championship in the semi-final, uh, they will face Cavan in their opening match. Uh, also on Sunday, the Donegal Hurlers got their Nicky Rackard Cup campaign off to the perfect start uh, with a 121-213 victory away to Fermanagh. Rona McDermott's goal 10 minutes into the second half helped Mickey McCann's side claim a 5.1. And next up for Donegal is uh, two home games against Armagh and Ross Common. Donegal manager Mickey McCann spoke to Tom Comac after that one against Erin County yesterday where he said it was important uh, to get up and running with victory. Yeah, I suppose uh, the main thing is Tom's been a result. We, we knew it wouldn't be easy and people think you're just saying that but look, um, they're a good, strong, physical team and look, let's pull up a high standard of club hurling and showed there Tom and it took us a good, took us the last 10 minutes to, to pull away and get a gap and look, we coughed up a couple of bad goals we wouldn't be happy with but but show, we showed about a character, Tom, just to stay in the game and fight it out and look, then that experience uh, and, and one in tight games will count yeah. moving it, forward. So, yeah. you know. They got off a good start, three quick points, but then you came back and went two up, but you just couldn't get away from them, you know. No, I could, we couldn't, Tom. I suppose in the first half we were really happy. There was a good breeze there and we felt that we done at half time. You'd be at level, you'd be happy enough, you know, and proved so. And we started the second half well, Tom, and then we, we got into the goal and, and a couple of points, put us four or five up, but up we coughed up a cheap goal and it was game on again, Tom, and again we pulled ahead again and we, we gave another goal away um, and the game was the melting pot, you know, and but we've seen it out well in the last 10 minutes. Look, we, we were poor in front of the post, Tom, as well. We, we missed a lot of wides in the second half that needed to be more more clinical and, and tight games like that, but look, um, we'll take it moving forward, Tom, and it's all about getting back to week by week now in this Nicky record. Yeah, and it's probably after losing your last two games to Derry and to Sligo, and I know they're playing at a higher level than Fermanagh, you probably needed to come through a hard game, you know, where questions were asked. Yeah, and I suppose the questions asked is, Tom, in the second half, we, we, we've been poorly enough in the second half, we, we just don't come out the same as in the first half. I felt we hurled far better in the first half too in terms of working it out of defence and, and playing through the lines. Um, second half was a bit scrappy, you know, and uh, they, were getting the bodies, they were getting the bodies back. So, But um, look, we needed a tight game, we needed a result, Tom, and look, it's all about momentum. You get, you get a victory and it, it puts you in good stead for next week. 
Mickey McCann as the Donegal Hurlers get off to a winning start. Also in that Nicky Rackard competition, Tyrone were comfortable victors against Warwickshire, 7-18. The 2-11 was how it finished. And Derry started their Christie Ring campaign with a 121-191 over Wicklow. We now go and focus on the Ulster Under-20 Football Championship from a Donegal point of view. Uh, they bowed out of the competition. They were beaten last Friday night, 3-16 to 2-16 after extra time against Toronto. An absolutely cracking uh, game of football at Celtic Park on Friday. Two second half goals from Bobby McGettigan held Gary Duffy's side, remain in the tie, but they failed to hit the front until the beginning of extra time. Toronto, however, did finish uh, stronger and they booked their place in the decider with a Connor Cush goal that proved to be the difference between the two sides. Uh, Donegal boss was Gary Duffy and uh, for the second year in a row, Donegal bowing out at the semi-final stage of Ulster. Gary said it was uh, another defeat that was disappointing. Well, Gary, uh, it's never easy to speak after a disappoint after a defeat, but that was an amazing game. Yeah, looking, it's just it's hard to take that we'd come out the wrong end of it. But I'm really proud because all Donegal lads left everything out there, and he can't ask for nothing from the start of the year to the end of it, Tom. And not not, not just tonight in the game, but to really give it all. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of them. I'm proud in how they work. There's a lot of talent in that change room, and that talent will be seen for years. Um, within this county mm. and you have to see Donegal football is still on a trajectory and underage mm. and that's starting off with academies wasn't to be tonight mm. they gave it everything they left everything out there yeah, and I'm proud yeah, of them yeah Tyrone hit you early with the high ball to great effect the first two balls in one marks you know they they, they were really up for that time yeah look at games happened they got there we really stuck to the task and got back into it but they hit us early that is hard and you know very early on we got a lot of raw decisions that we didn't get that we felt that was left out there uh, look we made peace with that we worked hard and we worked ourselves back in to the game when we had to time and time again our backs were to the wall and time and time again we came out we forced extra time we forced everything we came out and started the two points mm. in extra time uh, as, as I say you went three down and then you, you came back into it and then they went eight, eight four up again or eight, 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 eight uh, two up again and then you came back and you got the couple of points before half time and with the breeze and everything I'm sure you felt you were still in it yeah we were in it and sure look we turned that around in the second half you know we had a couple of chances even to go on and win it in, in the normal time it didn't happen mm. but look at the resilience of the group the character of the group you can't ask for one mm. five time points down with what, about 12 minutes in the second half it wasn't looking good was it wasn't looking good but they came back they yeah. worked hard they never they don't have a never say die attitude yeah. they've been they've pushed back to the wall and yeah. they kept working back on it and Bobby McGettigan again came up trumps with the gold big man yeah he's a threat inside and we just maybe had got a couple of other early balls and they sniffed them out earlier on but when mm. the game opened up a bit he was very effective Tom mm. were very good tonight though weren't they, they were obviously Michael McGlynn nobody could handle him in the middle of the field Michael McGlynn exceptional footballer and um, he, he took he controlled the midfield and, and that was the platform for their victory yeah, and obviously Rory Canavan, you know, uh, kicked what seven points, I think, and then of course Conor Cush had a quite game by his own standards, and he he hit for the deadly goal. Yeah, look, they put him on towards the end after the deadly goal, and and that's what he did. And we were we, we had a couple of knocks and injuries, like we lost Keelan McCall in there, so we had to switch Ryan McShane over, and maybe lost that from Cush, you know, mm. and that Mickey's decisions. And look, at, yeah, we had two yeah. good man markers, and when we lost one, yeah, you know, yeah. we paid the price for it. Brought up Kieran Moore at half time and Carlos O'Reilly. Big players, maybe they should have started. But definitely shouldn't have started, Tom. There's 31 could start out there. Like I wouldn't be qualms, qualms on him. Everybody put an effort on and try to juggle a pack on, on what, what's out there to blame. But I didn't see anybody that shouldn't have started out there from a first 15. Mm. You, you mentioned a few decisions went against you. Were you a bit disappointed with this, the black card that Kieran Tolton picked up? Absolutely. Um, I felt that it shouldn't be a black card. I felt there John McGrady got special attention out there. It wasn't pulled on and and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm not being sour grips here. It's just. Mm. Exact, exactly what happened and you know it's uh, credit to Rune took us on the, uh, an extra time he went on and win it but at the start of the game we had a fight for every battle and every score so semi-final disappointment again 
yeah, look, it's disappointing. Surely they'd have done under 20, but it's, it's about the development. It's easy to say that now, and there are a lot of players who go on and play senior football for Donegal. Yes, we'd love to be in the final, and that team will be good enough to beat any team in the country. It's just Ulster football um, is a different beast and different animal, and you're playing calibre of the team to like throw in on them and stuff like that. You have to be at your best, and you have to get a bit of luck and a bit of breaks, and we didn't get the breaks. Donegal under-20 manager Gary Duffy after that defeat at the hands of Tyrone. Uh, Tyrone, of course, safely through to the final on Friday the 22nd of April where they will take on Cavan. Cavan had two points to spare and their 11-9 win over Derry. And it was also a good day on Saturday for Tyrone because they lifted the minor league title, defeating Derry 2-7-1-9 was how that one finished. A couple of other results in the Buncrana Cup. At under-16 level, Donegal beat Derry on Saturday to start the competition with a 9-8-1. Under-17, Hurling, there was a victory for Tyrone over Donegal by two points. 1-9 to 1-7 was how that game uh, ended. And just back to ladies' football. The Under-16 Championship on Saturday. A highly entertaining game as Donegal ran out winners against one of the competition favourites, uh, Cavan. Uh, 4-18-6-9. A 30-27 victory in favour of uh, Donegal in a super game played at Lifford in the Ladies Under-16 Ulster Championship on Saturday. And a good one there for Donegal. So then, let's hear now from your regular presenter of the DL debate, uh, Brendan Devaney. As we said, he's not in situ tonight in studio. But before he headed away in holidays, spoke to a Donegal man about the league just ended and the championship to come during the summer and uh, the big stories in the GA world at the moment. That man we're talking about is Kieran Cunningham, chief sports writer with the uh, Star newspaper. And uh, this is how they get on. Yeah, now I'm joined by chief sports writer with the Star, proud Glencom Kilman, also Kieran Cunningham. Kieran, how are you this evening? Not too bad, Brendan. Turn away. Kieran, listen, you're, you're, you're up in the capital. How, how's things going with the paper there? I know print media online at the minute. It's a, it's a juggling exercise, I suppose, to, 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 to be in the middle of uh, as a journalist. How, how's that life at the moment? Yeah, it's, it's not radically different than what it ever was. Obviously, you don't sell as many as you used to, but it's still very profitable. And, you know, there's not a, there's a lot of media businesses that aren't profitable. So, you know, there's, and there's a strategy in place down the line for online. Know, when eventually the full move comes, I would think that would be inevitable in the future. But it's it's fine. Like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be in panic mode over it anyway, Brendan. Yeah, yeah, you, you're not a man for pa- panicking. And hey, if if it's profitable, everything will be all right, uh, Kieran. As long as the bills is paid, Kieran. Just just mm-hmm. on the online thing, it's something I suppose there's a, quite a few issues happening in the last number of weeks. I'd love to get your views on, but just the one around O'Hara and, and, and Clifford from that uh, league final defeat um, you know before I get your thoughts on on the game itself the the way they, they, they signalled out a bit or, or, or there was a bit section taken out as if O'Hara was golden Clifford which which wasn't my reading indeed at all and made him a bit of a, a villain as if Clifford taught him so, some kind of lesson is that thing a bit dangerous Kieran the way someone can uh, take out a, a section of a game and then demonise a player who at the end of the day has to go to work on a, on a Monday morning yeah, yeah, no, there's definitely something in that, and that um, you know they're taken out of context in all in all sorts of uh, all sorts of manners. Like you see something, uh, even it's, it can be very frustrating. You'll see a clip uh, of some, you know, let's say a great goal, and you know yourself there were ten passes in this great goal, and they're only showing the last pass and the finish. And you think, you know, you you know, you have to show the full picture of anything. I think, and the full picture of that was there was an injury to a Mayo player. And he was on the ground, and it did seem as if there was some uh, some interaction with Clifford, whether Clifford said something to the player on the ground or, or mm. something to a Mayo player around that. And that's what Corey O'Hara was reacting to. And it, it, it was like the, the TV cameras can't necessarily pick up everything. And then when you just get a clip out of context like that, then it, it did seem to be very much a pile on a Paragohara, not just on that, but, you know, people saying, oh, he's getting absolutely roasted off the pitch here and he's he's not up to it and blah, blah, blah. And if you looked at the amount of space, you know, he was left one-on-one, often with Clifford in there, and there a huge amount of space there. And you know as an inside forward, you would on any back, you would love that amount of space and being inside. And what back would have done a better job, given the quality of the ball Kerry were giving into Clifford and given Clifford's ability? And I thought it was very, very hard on him. Like he, as you say, he's, you know, he's an amateur player, he's a human being, and he was absolutely vilified. And people were very slow 
to admit that there was a, a fuller picture even. Yeah, and, and you know, do you know, Kane, as you said there, one-on-one is the dream, uh, particularly Crow Park, it's a forward-playing pitch, but of all people, Clifford at the minute, which is technically unmarkable. I mean, two men would struggle to take Clifford out. So O'Hara was hang, hung out to dry, like people talk about Lee Keegan, maybe being a better match for him, but the reality is no one's going to be a match for him one-on-one with a massive amount of space. And it's this Mayo thing of of sticking, listen, Kieran, you know, they're, 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 they're brilliant man-markers through the years and they can go man-to-man quite often. But when it comes to playing Kerry at the minute, we clever. Are, are you surprised just time and time again that there isn't that maybe revert back to some kind of protective element to them? And again, you know, that's one side of it. They, they coughed up 319, but only scoring 13 points again. You know, you keep looking at Mayo, there's so more questions than answers, but yet they still could beat one of the big teams in the summer. That's just the type of side they are. Well, I would read nothing into it. That's being honest with you, Brendan, because it was a league final. Mayo's priority for the league was to stay in Division 1 and blow a few more players and get a few more players back, like Killian O'Connor eventually came back as a sub in the league final. And, you know, it was only a couple of years. James Horn's first year back, they beat, they won a league final. There was a lot of talk at the time, well, they have to win a national final, even though it was a league final. They won the league final and they beat Kerry in it. So they've done that. So I think, you know, you look at the amount that we're missing a lot of key players last Sunday. And there's a very, very good chance Mayo will play Kerry in the championship. So I think James Horne wasn't showing his full, uh, he didn't want to show his full hand. The Kerry have very much shown their full hand in the, in the league. They've more or less gone with their full strength team in game after game. You know, if, if Dublin haven't, Mayo haven't, you know, a lot of teams haven't. So I think James Horne was holding something back. I think there's no way if they play in the championship defensively to line up like that against Kerry. Yeah, so I, I don't I don't think he was that bothered with the league. Uh, I, do you know what? Okay, that's very interesting because funny coming from that side of it, I was thinking you're you're right, Alexa Durkin, Oshin, Mullen, these guys, you put them on their that defence, it's a completely different team. But I was thinking from Jack O'Connor's perspective, you know, people were saying about what damage have to do to Mayo in a final, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But, you know, from Kerry's perspective, you know, they still haven't won a dogfight. They haven't been in, if they're been in a tough game, if someone really clamps down their players and makes it difficult for them, they haven't come through that test yet. So for Jack O'Connor to put up a big score in a final when, when Mayo weren't at the pitch, it actually is a very dangerous thing, I think, for Kerry coming into this championship again now that they're set up, they're, they're, they're in as favourites again because of league form, which we see year in, year out. It's such a dangerous way to come into the championship. You, you can make that case, you know, that they, they definitely have been dogfighting. When they have been in dogfights in the last 10 years, they tend to lose. Them. But at the same time, you know, for all the praise, like Jack O'Connor's got a lot of praise. Paddy Talley, his coach, has got a lot of praise. You know, the, you know, the new one, three and six were problem positions and they seem to have sorted those out. But at the same time, Brendan, you go back to last year's All-Ireland semi-final. If David Clifford hadn't, hadn't got injured, it's very likely Kerry would have won the All-Ireland. Yes. You know, it was every, he, he, there were level. He was man. If that game had ended in draw, there's no extra time. He'd have been man of the match. He couldn't come on for extra time. In extra time, they only lost by one point. You know, much would have David Clifford, given the form he was in, have given you that extra time. And Kerry would have beaten Mayo in the final. I've no doubt about that. So, you know, you can talk about how far back Kerry were or the impact Jack O'Connor has made, but it comes down to that an injury to Clifford changes everything. Yeah, you know they won the line without him, uh, with him last year. If he gets injured this year, even though they have a lot of quality there, you know, the, uh, you know all bets are off. because you know, he's so important because he's he's exceptional. Mm. Sean O'Shea not playing the last day as well. I just think if it comes to a shootout, uh, Kieran with Kerry, you know, and I know taking league form etc. and date, you know, but the league is pushing up and up and. It should give you a decent uh, uh, barometer. But if Kerry, you're right, if they can sort out their defence. As we see in Crow Park, it generally comes to the better scoring team, and they have just an embarrassment that riches them when it comes to players putting the ball over the bar. Yeah, oh no, without a doubt, you know, like, like there's a, br- a brilliant understanding between the two Clifford brothers, between Paddy now, uh, Paddy at centre forward, and like Sean O'Shea is a brilliant centre forward, but I can see now why Jack O'Connor was trying him out in midfield because it just does seem to be that telepathic understanding between the two Clifford brothers. Paul Ganey's playing better now than he's probably been since the one Ireland in 2014. 
you know, you have other fellas like Stephen O'Brien and Killian Scalan and so on. You know, there's a lot of very good forwards there. But I still think it does come down to David Clifford because he, you know, he's like Murphy to Donegal, you know, or, you know, Peter Canavan to Tyrone back in the day. He makes such a massive difference. He's more, you know, he's worth probably 30% to that team, you know. So like Murphy would, like Canavan would, like there's just on a tier above everybody else, you know, so they're, they're still, they're very hot favourites for the All-Ireland, like, they are the team to beat, and I would expect them to win it, but, you know, um, it's, it's it's an interesting championship, because we run off quickly, it's different, it's starting earlier, finishing earlier, so we'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, yeah listen, and Tally's influence, I think, will come come to the fore, you know, the, the likes of Tag Morley sitting on, they know where their Achilles heel probably is, in, in terms of uh, th- their defensive system. I suppose yeah, but, but just, uh, just on that, Brenda, just to cut across you, uh-huh. I talked to Sean Cavanagh about this, and Sean would have won All Ireland with Paddy Talley, and he'd know him well, and he's a lot of time for him as a coach, but he's not sure that he's not convinced that his Paddy Talley's made that massive difference. Like, if you go back to it, Kerry are playing very w- similar way to the way they played when Jack O'Connor was there before. Like, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, that system of play is about Jack O'Connor as much as Paddy Talley, and probably more about Jack O'Connor. If you go back to Jack O'Connor, even this book he writes about, he met Dominic Corrigan. He was obsessed with the way the Ulster team set up and defend. He met Dominic Corrigan to, to pick his brain. He says he went to the Ulster Council coaching website and went through everything, tried to pick up tips. And he also put Paul Galvin in the play in, in this team, who wasn't in the team under Paddy O'Shea, and wanted him to effectively be as Brian Doher. Mm. So Jack O'Connor had always that thing in him that he was looking to the way Ulster team set up. So it's not just about Paddy Talley now. That's very much been the Jagger Connor philosophy across three different spells in charge of Kerry. And do you think you know, that that Marion, the Ulster influence that a team needs a certain level of Ulster football uh, to to compete properly? It's it's been a funny, I suppose, change in terms of teams not wanting to do it and then realizing that they have to. You know, Kerry with obviously played the game on their terms. Then they realized we have to change it. But I don't really think they understood who they were at times under under Keane in, in particular. Obviously Galway, there was massive uh, pushback against Walsh and and trying to adopt defensive system, which was an Ulster system. Then of course the famous twenty fourteen when 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 we made the dubs change tactic. So I suppose Mayo's the one team here that probably have never really gone to that level. They've just played it their way completely. Everybody else is trying to get a mix of, of what's come out of uh, uh, of Ulster. And I think then on Ulster terms, they had to get more in the front foot in terms of attacking. So I suppose it's that balance between between defence and attack, which a lot of teams have, have struggled to to get the mix of. Yeah, but the thing with Mayo, and, and you know, and that was—I know—that was part of the thing. And be, be like Tony Gall, there was an interest in trying to get Tony Buckley in, and then they got St- Stephen Rochford in because they wanted that Mayo. Mayo are seen as a brilliant tackling team, and the tackling comes from the, the inside forwards back. You know, you look at you know how how good Dermot O'Connor, uh, how important Dermot O'Connor is to that team, and he he does huge defensive work. And Killian O'Connor, like, is a real jagged edge to him. He's always tackling. He's always involved in the mix of it. So that had, uh, even though they might set up in a reason, you know, fairly conventional system, they all work incredibly hard and they all tackle hard. You know, so. Uh, you know, it goes back to, like Pat Gilroy was the man who who changed the whole Dublin culture. And one of one of the things the Dublin players will tell you about that time is they got sick of playing Monaghan. He was always arranging uh, challenge matches with Monaghan because he knew that you know they'd knock lumps out of you, and he wanted that. You know, he wanted that hardness and toughness, and just to give you a bit of steel because that that comes back to the provincial championships. A lot of the teams know that uh, you know the Ulster Championship is the competitive one. That, Particularly this year, be incredibly competitive. But you're looking across the other. Now, Connacht is quite. There's, you know, there's three possible winners there, but Munster and and Leinster are non-events. Mm. So a lot of the other teams around the country do look at us and think, you know, they are battle-hardened. You know, and that we, even though there's a lot to be said for getting an easier route, and you know, you can plan for quarter-final, semi-final. Being not battle-hardened can go against you, and that's something that was thrown at Kerry last year because they won Munster so easily that uh, you know the. That they weren't ready for what Tyrone brought at them. Yeah. So uh, it's it's just trying to get that mix right. You know, you mix that. You need that mixture of freshness, but uh, uh, that you don't get when going through Ulster. But Ulster football does give you a bit of steel too. And you can see this last year when 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 Tyrone won the All Ireland. I suppose in many ways it elevated the Ulster Championship in terms of an All Ireland 
winner. There really wasn't a contender there at the start of the season or the few seasons before. People weren't saying it was possible, you know, outside. Obviously, the dubs were, were running it, but the challengers had to be, it was Kerry or Mayo, basically. It, what's your feeling now going into Ulster? The fact that you have those four, possibly five, you know, Derry outside let def- defeat to, to Galway. Um, people were thinking they were right in the mix. Then there's some question marks thrown up. But certainly the top four that are in the division, Kieran, is it a thing now where there, there's a possibility of an All-Ireland from them teams? Or do you think last year Tyrone just got on a, a run and, and things fell into place for them? Well, the point I'd make, Brandon, is I would have an asterisk against the 2020-21 championships because of COVID and lockdown, that, that there were straight knockouts. You know, most of the games were played with no crowd. So there were, it was a very strange atmosphere, you know. Like, you know, Dublin's easiest All-Ireland of, of, of all the ones that won the last decade was in 2020. And that was largely because of straight knockouts. You know, the, the Tyrone, Donegal, Kerry, they were knocked out early, you know. So uh, the same last year, like if you had a backdoor last year, you know, you'd have bigger teams come back in. So it's, it's far different. Like Tyrone had a tough route to learn. They fully deserved to be champions. But it might be an outlier in terms of where Ulster football is. We don't really know yet. Like I think it will be a very competitive Ulster championship. Because even the likes of Antrim have improved dramatically under Enda McGinley. Like they could give somebody a rattle. They're not going to win Ulster. But they won't be pushed over. Like Derry last year even pushed Donegal right to the word. Donegal were very, very lucky to get out of that with a great Patrick McBrady point right. at the end. And, you know, and they have kicked on since, even though they haven't won promotion. Division 2 is very competitive. It's very hard to come out of Division 2. And they, t- they took it to the wire. You know, they came close. So it will be a very competitive also championship. Whether that's saying, you know, the champions are likely All-Ireland contenders. Like Donegal could win Ulster, but I'm not sure if I'd look at them as All-Ireland contenders now. You know, Armagh could win Ulster. I'm not sure if you'd say that they're all Ireland contenders. Monaghan could win Ulster. I don't think they're all Ireland contenders. Like looking at uh, from the outside now, I would say the only team in Ulster that you know are all Ireland contenders are Tyrone. That's because they've done it. You know, even though even seven, though, even though seven have walked away, uh, seven have walked away, but they're not seven. You know, they're they walked away largely because they're not getting game time. Yeah, you know. So, can you understand that? Can I see some boys when I'm up around the north, my job, they're like. Some people can't understand this. And I'm like, you know what? They obviously don't be with their clubs when they're with their county. And there's a savage bit, bit of training, preparation, weekends away, etc. You know, you can understand if Tyrone won in All-Ireland and, and you're part of it and experience that. And then, you know, if you look at Donaghy and Bradley, and that, they might get 10 minutes in two or three championship games. Like, it's some commitment to be in there. And I know some people say, listen, it's your county and you should do this and do that. But, you know, you, you, your county is your county. Your life's your life. And... The enjoyment of playing with your club and and training with the lads and that you you can see why the lads would do that versus the commitment these days. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, and you know that's why you know you have to you have to uh, like if you go back even to when Donegal won the All Ireland, the like you know a lot of fellas there like Rory Cavanagh, say Frank McGlynn, they were two that immediately spring to mind. They had a lot of they had a couple of years on the bench, both of them before they broke into the team before they established themselves on the team. And that's often the case. Like a lot of fellas, you know, exceptional talent like yourself go straight into a team. Mm-hmm. Other fellas other fellas they, they were short forwards at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but other fellas often to buy their time. Like like even for my old club, Aaron Doherty, came into the squad this year. And he featured, you know, he played the last, two of the last three league games, but he hadn't, he didn't feature it all up to then. And I was just thinking, looking at it and, you know, he, you know, they used six subs. He wasn't getting on. I was just thinking to myself, I hope he sticks it out. You know, he might have a year or two of this. A couple of years have just been on the fringes. But that, but that's the case. You know, and it is a big commitment when you're in the fringes like that. But like you, uh, often you do get the reward, but there's no guarantee. So, uh, you know, it can depend on the setup. There's some setups you do look at them and you think, Phyllis are looking from the outside and thinking, no matter what form a fella's in, he's always starting. And that can be very frustrating yeah. for players mm-hmm. in the fringe and they're thinking, why don't I get a go? I'm doing well enough for training. This fella's starting all the time. He's not doing it. Like, you know, what's what's the point? And they're thinking as well, if I don't get any run at all in the league, how am I going to get a run of the championship? So so I, I understand frustration in that. But, but you can, if you just do a list of the players Tyrone have, they still have a lot of quality. And even looking at Derek Canavan there in the league, so he's put on a, a stone and a half of muscle. You know, he's a very good player, but the, you know, there's a lot of hard work being put into them since last year. You know, if Kyle McShane kicks on a bit fitter than last year, he was so he was so effective. Like he's ultimately the reason why they won the All Ireland right. number of games. And 
So I think it'll be very hard to beat with ninety percent as well. Yeah, they'll still be very hard to beat. You know. Uh, because that's so, interesting, Kieran. On top of everything else, the likes of someone like Declan Boner has. When you think about it, it must be difficult. He's training, you know, training in this big relationship with all these guys, and then you have to tell guys they're not starting. And maybe in your heart, you know that guy maybe deserves a chance. Like that, that that's a difficult thing for a manager. You you probably never think about. Yeah, yeah. And the, the other thing is, uh, you know, both Declan Boner and Stephen Rochford are there a long time now. You know, so. That's always hard to keep things fresh, you know, that, uh, you know, players are listening to the same voice and, you know, that, uh, you know, Paddy Campbell has come in this year. That's a different voice. And you, you do need that freshness, you know, you, you need to shake things up. Like, uh, it's something Brian Cody used to do. He used to sh- uh, change his backroom team every couple of years, you know, even though he was there all the time. I think he knew that the, the, the players, you know, couldn't just be listening to his voice for that's right. That's right. One of them, their entire career is the only manager they ever had. You know, most of the, well, any player that's been there the last 20 years, only manager. But yeah. so like, like, I, I remember my first year playing with Donegal, a lot mentioned him, but one of the people backroom guys, we were, we were playing Kerry and Bally Shannon, and he was, he was adamant. He said, I have no doubt we're going to beat Kerry today. No doubt. But anyway, Kerry beat us. But remember the next game he's got to talk of it. I can't believe you. <laughs> you were adamant we were going to be Kerry. We haven't. <laughs> now if you do it again, it doesn't work. You know, you've got to be careful your language. But Ken, but on about the bench and that, we could, we could have a few, uh, different people on the bench now for this big crunch, uh, clash in Bal Buffet. Um, can, yeah. can you believe what's happened with these, with these suspensions and, and, and the Rain O'Neill video was going about that Aaron Ma have challenged them, you know, in terms of, uh, inciting Malie or being part of a Malie, it's how do you disprove? You'd almost be have to stand with your hands behind your side, not to be in the middle of it. So to disprove that is one thing, but they open up the video evidence against themselves now, and they have their star man cited. Now, obviously, there's due process; they take place, Ken, but they 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 could be missing four four of their top men going into this game. Can can you believe the how how things have panned out here? Well, I think here, to be fair, Kieran McGinney was caught between a rock and a hard place. I think Brendan, because, you know, as you say, the other three that were cited, you know, the, 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 they're, they're important guys, like Stephen Campbell generally makes an impact when he comes on. And the other two were two of their better players during the league, you know. So I think he was under, under a lot of pressure to, to, uh, to appeal. And then, you know, there was always a gamble that somebody else could be singled out. And that's been the case with Rian O'Neill. But, you know, you watch the video and, it is not the case. Like I, I could pick out another couple of people on both sides, you know, that you know that that struck or attempted a strike, and they could have been cited as well. So it's often, though, both teams were very foolish to get involved in. You yes. know, you have to say, like that close to the championship, you know, and you see now, there's often a lot of little melees like that, and it's just a bit of holding, you know, players holding each other. Most of the time, players have the control not to strike out, you know, and there was a few that lost, that lost control. You know, you don't strike out because striking out is something they always can't tell them. So, you know, I think this built from, you know, there was an incident between McCool and Rian O'Neill. McCool actually got a bad shot in the nose, got, a, got his nose cracked, you know. Um, so he went off for the blood sub. So Neil McGee came on him as a bit irate with uh, Rian O'Neill for how this happened, right? So we'll not go on there too much, but anyway, he starts at Rian O'Neill. A couple of our mad boys come back there at him, so everybody's going on. So McGee was almost like the the crowd got, got no, the crowd was huge and there was a wild buzz in the second half. And I think that was coming on to the pitch as our went for Donegal. Then the, the pushing and shoving started, so it got a bit heated from there. And then it, it transpired into that, that end. But then it's almost as if a lot of teams now, no one wants to take a backward step. But once people, people start grappling, someone else grapples a bit more. It's not that there was anything, I suppose, Rian O'Neill did throw his hand back in that incident, but it, it was more just a bad, it looked bad, I suppose. But in terms now of, of the, of the sanctions, you know, you talk about players waiting. Armagh have been waiting so much for, for an Ulster run. If they did happen to get over Donegal, you know, they should make an Ulster final, which would be massive for them. You know, you can see the crowd that they brought to Letter Kenny, the buzz is behind them, but now you have four of their top men. And you talk about Rian O'Neill, their, their main man, you know, I'd say he's more important to our man Murphy as to us at, at, at the minute. But the next free taker to him would be Nugent, and after that would be Campbell. So that puts a real pressure on the whole team, should the, should the four lads be suspended. Yeah. There's something else to consider here, and I don't think it's, I don't know if it's been mentioned elsewhere, Brendan, but the championship draws made before the league draw, league fixtures are drawn up. So it was known when the league fixtures were drawn up that Donegal were going to be playing our man in the championship. So surely 
when you're drawing up the league fixtures, you go, it's not a good idea to Donegal or Matt on the last game, <laughs> yeah, a yeah. couple of weeks before they're playing the championship. Like, it would have been no hassle just to switch it for a few weeks earlier. Yeah. Like, you should try and avoid those kind of situations because you should be able to predict this is going to be, you know, the stakes are going to be very high in that, close to the championship, and you're asking for trouble. And trouble is what we ended up with. And I would put a part of the blame on that on the people drawing up the fixtures. That if you've been a basic cop on, you know, two games, uh, you know yourself, like uh, uh, if you were playing the team in the championship with the club championship and you have a league game with them a couple of weeks ago, there's an edge to that league game that wouldn't normally be there. So, you know, th- th- I think there was a way of avoiding what happened. You know? Yeah. And Keir, just, just on Donegal, your, your thoughts on going in the championship, you know, we, we, they've mixed the good with the bad in the league, but a lot of teams have done that in, in the league, you know, been up and down and even all the talk about Armagh, should we finish then on, on the same points as them, you know, when people were hailing them as this this great side in that. So there, there's so many ways of looking at it. There's definitely a lot of debate in Donegal here about the team and where players are. For me, the likes of Mogan and McHugh and that, too deep, you know, get the ball off or keeper instead of being in an advanced position where they can maybe open up the play because at the end of the day, when, when teams get up that shield, you need someone to break the mould. And there was a brilliant example of it in the second half where, where Armagh was, the, the full team sat in and we were going over and back and there was a shot on, I think it was Young O'Donnell, should have taken a shot. Now, the ball got recycled again and again. It took Murphy to barrage in the four-arm fellas and take them out of the game. But Murphy being Murphy, he got the fist back to McBerty on the loop. McBerty puts the ball over the bar, but it took something like that to open up the defence. And that's why we're seeing our defenders in those advanced positions, and then they just have to turn back. Whereas yeah. the thing with Donegal, or, or incisive players, if you like, you know, your Langans, your Murphys, as I say, Mogan McHugh, they have to be the guys that, that once they hit that 50-45, that they get inside and offload or cause a free, or you know what I mean? Get something, mm-hmm. a platform of attack. I think that's one thing that, that for me, Donegal, have to work on. I don't know what you think of that. I haven't, I haven't watched them this year. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. It's definitely something that we have to work on. I think at this stage of his career and with the injuries he's picking up more regularly now, Michael Murphy has to be, you know, you have to look at the way trying to most of us play at full forwards because, you know, you need him in the last quarter. And, like, if you have him out the field in a hard championship game, you know, it's very hard for him to keep, you know, have the gas to go when we're really in the mix. But I can see why he was brought up when he got back to the league because you were missing Caelan McGonagall and uh, Michal Lang and, and I think Hugh McFadden was missing a bit as well. So you were missing a lot of big men. You had a lot of smaller players out the field, so you didn't need Murphy then. But if you get those bigger men back, I think you have to find a way because you say even the goal against Dublin, Ryan McHugh pass and then Murphy to the net. It's so hard, no matter how, like James McCarthy was on, on Murphy then, he's no mug, but he's so hard, to, uh, if that kind of right ball is put in, Murphy is so hard to stop in the air, you know, that uh, he could he could have a couple of brilliant years at full forward left on him, but like it's just trying to get the, the amount of ball into him. You know, I do think there's an, an acknowledgement there that maybe Donegal have become a bit have become too predictable. Like even against Tyrone, Tyrone tend to do a very good man marking job in Ryan McHugh, and Ryan McHugh was played inside, and I think Donegal were probably hoping Conor Myler wouldn't follow him, but he did follow him, and Ryan, Mc, you know, Ryan McHugh didn't really get into the game as an inside forward. But I still think you have to, you can't just go the way you've always gone. Like, even there might be an argument if you come up against Tyrone and not starting Ryan McHugh. Like, Ryan McHugh might be won that game in the last 20 minutes coming on because Tyrone seemed to have worked out a way of nullifying his influence as a starter. Just give them something different to think about because Donegal have been, have fallen short. Like, Donegal, for, even though they've probably been a, been a top six team for nearly every year for 11 years or so, they've only, they haven't been all Ireland semi finals in 2014, you know. And we could talk with Mayo, whatever, but Mayo and semi-finals, finals every year, every year since then, yeah. uh, bar one, I think. You know, Donegal, just when it comes to crunch, games are falling short. You know, they have to make a step forward there, you know. And you can't look at the age profile anymore. Like uh, all the La- the Langans and the Jimmy Brennans and Jason McGee's, you know, they're all mid-20s now. You know, they're all at their prime. You know, there's no real, uh, you know, you're not looking at kids kids anymore that have a couple of years to learn you know but basically the team is the right age probably the right age mix at the moment you know so you know it's do or die for them I think this is a critical summer for them like you know I think they have to do something this year yeah, let's hope so. I, th- I think probably defensively, Kim, we probably want unearthing the players. Mm. We'll get to see like some McCool coming on well there at full back and 
Ile Morgan. Yeah, no, and he's, he's been the, probably the biggest plus out of the league. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, Neil McGee was so important to them, and mm. like, but Neil McGee wasn't getting enough support. Like, and even if you could Neil uh, back to reasonable fitness, if you could pass her ma. You know, and if Neil in there, you know, you play with seven defenders and Neil in as well, you know, could make a difference. But uh, Brendan McCall is a mindful background because we were looking around, you know, we've been hoping for uh, somebody to emerge. And, you know, he had a bit, I remember, do you remember the Donegal playing Meath in Crow Park? And he had a very difficult day out in the league a couple of years ago and he was taking off. That, that was his first game, yeah. Uh, um, 20 yeah. minutes and he, he was very upset afterwards. Exposed, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Yeah, that, 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 my heart went out to him. That, uh, they yeah, big, yeah, big yeah. Newman, big Newman was full forward. Back, yeah, yeah. The fact that he bounced back from that, you know, it's a lot of yeah. his character. Fair play. Experience for you know, he's really looked the part now, you know. And uh, of course, Glenn, Glenn Calm Kilman back in the ranks, Aaron, uh, uh, kicking balls over the bar as well. You're good to see that, thing. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, he's uh, everybody knows about his talent, and he's been talked about a long time. Like, he's very small and light for intercounty football, but uh, he is somebody that you know, that no more, no more than say Oshin Gallon a couple of years ago. Like, at the last 10 minutes, you could throw Aaron in and be fairly confident to give you a point or two. You know, and Donegal, uh, like you look, go back to the big Mayo Dublin games, the amount of subs Mayo would use, and they got no score off them. Dublin were getting scores off off all their subs. Now, if you have a sub that's going to get you a point, even if it's a point or two, and you're fairly nailed on that they will, you know, it's a plus. So Darren has that in him, like he is a scorer. Um, and he's he's a very elusive runner, so I, I, I'd hope we see him at some stage. You know, I don't see him starting championship, but I'd hope to see him used. Yeah, yeah, fair play. Kieran, great roundup. Kieran, just where you go at that on a on a slightly lighter note, we do love uh, some uh, confrontations at times. And Kieran McGinney and Joe Brawley had won uh, in the Glen Avenue Hotel, a bit of a a fundraiser. Um, they were on stage together. I think it kicked off. We about to do anything about this now? I didn't. Uh, I didn't. But like, <laughs> they've been. I know they've been sniping at each other for years. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes, I listened to Kieran, Kieran McGinney often. Uh, often something. About Kieran, I often think just come out and say it because he's often on about, you know, he says something about certain pundits or certain people yeah, in the media. Say it was and yeah, and yeah, I often yeah. think, uh, Kieran, just say Joe Brawley is who you mean. Like, <laughs> I didn't but well, when they have a bit of history because they wouldn't say something together at Queen's University, they would have been teammates 30 yes. years ago. So there's a bit of history there. Maybe something happened to the night out of Queens. Who knows? Yeah, God bless something might come out in the wash. I don't know. I'll leave you this line there, Kieran. It's probably whatever, whatever you're trying to say. I think Kieran might have responded. Of course, probably being boy jumped on. Kieran was shouted over the top again. You might have been shouting everybody over to you. You're not going to bloody shout over me here now, probably. Um, that was the line I heard back. <laughs> I was just chatting. Right. A fella was at, was at the night. So I'd say it got a bit heated. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, they're, I, I would have a good time for both men, to be honest. You know, they're both driving. Same as that, same as that, to be honest. Yeah, listen, have a good time. From listen, anytime you meet McGinney there, obviously played played about with me against Oz. He's and that, you know, he's he's a stand up stand up guy. So, listen, uh, we'll see we'll see uh, how he gets on in, in Balbuffet in a few weeks' time. Kieran, look, looking forward to it. And listen, thanks so much for for rounding all that up this evening on the old debate. No problem, Brendan. Tidy soon, sir. That's Kieran Cunningham speaking to Brendan Devenny and bringing a close to another DL Debate programme. Uh, if you missed any off the show, it is, of course, podcasted on highlandradio.com. Uh, next Monday is Easter Monday, so the DL Debate is going to take a break uh, for a week, but we will be back on Monday week, April 25th, with DL Debate, the championship. That will be, of course, the day after Donegal meet Armagh in the quarterfinal of the Ulster Championship so it's going to be a bumper programme with uh, Donegal against Armagh not forgetting about the Donegal Miners also playing uh, that weekend as well so for me Osh and Kelly what's left of your Monday enjoy the rest of your evening The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen and there's free admission entertainment every weekend